Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. I thought it was uh, brilliant what the folks who are for ranked choice voting said. They said, this is just such a smart way to sort of remind people that it's a logical way to pick the winners of things, ranked choice voting, what we don't do in Illinois, a way to let people vote for all of the candidates and rank them. And then the one that gets the most broad base support wins an election. It keeps you from getting extreme campaigns and extreme winners. And they said, just so you know, that is the way they vote for the best picture. The best picture at the Oscars uses ranked choice voting. Rachel Hutchinson joins us, research analyst at fairvote.org. Rachel, welcome back. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, John. I guess you knew that. I didn't. Yes. Uh, so the Oscars are coming up, like you said. The Oscars have used ranked choice voting to select their best picture since 2009, as well as nominees in almost all the major categories for years before that. So that includes best actor, actress, director. And it's a really good non-political example of how ranked choice can help find a consensus winner in a crowded field, such as the best picture winner, and lead to better representation in multi-winner races, such as choosing nominees. So to the people who say, wait a minute, I don't get it. It's too confusing. It's not fair. It's not right. You've been watching it for years play out right before your very eyes. The story in Real Clear Politics, which one of your colleagues wrote, said the story of ranked choice voting at the Oscars begins the way few other election reform tales do with Batman. After outrage, the Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight was not nominated For Best Picture in 2009, the Academy decided to expand the category to 10 nominees. That allowed box office hits like Up, Avatar, and Toy Story to make it into the Best Picture contest. But it created a new problem. With a 10-nominee film, with a 10-nominee field, a film could win with just over 10% of the vote. In other words... 85% of the people could not like a movie, but if it garnered just a little bit of a niche, say got 15% of the vote, and everybody else split the remainder, then a, a singular film that had a cult following but wasn't really all that popular could be the best picture. So as to keep that from happening, they said, okay, we'll use ranked choice voting. you got to get 50% of the vote plus one, and we'll keep counting until that happens. Fair description, Rachel? Definitely fair. It does a great job at selecting a consensus winner that represents the majority of the Academy voters. And it's really delivered a diversity of best picture winners when we look at how it's done in the past. We've had groundbreaking choices like Parasite and Moonlight, as well as some more crowd pleasers like Green Book and Coda. Yeah, I was looking at that. So just go back to 2009 with me for a second. The nominees for Best Picture in 2009, and Batman is not nominated. The nominees were, you only had five then in 2009, Slumdog Millionaire, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, the Ron Howard movie, Milk, and The Reader. Those were the five nominees. Slumdog Millionaire won. In fact, Slumdog rather swept the Oscars that year. Um, Okay, fine movie, fine movie. The Best Picture nominees for 2020. But should Batman have been in that that camp 
uh, I don't know, it's a subjective thing, Rachel, but fair enough. It, it's as good as those movies, right? People still talk about Batman more than they do Frost Nixon, for instance, or uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, and so what we see today is a big improvement in that we get a broader swath of nominees, but a representative swath. So what happens is we use the multi, or I should say they use the multi-winner form of ranked choice voting to select who their nominees are for Best Picture. And now we get 10, but we still end up with a consensus winner in the end. And this year's Best Picture nominees show how that proportionality works in practice super well, because the nominees represent the swath of Academy voters really well. We have two blockbusters in the running, two traditional visions of movie making, two more artsy films. We've got international films, a film from a directing master, one focused on a really feminine message. So really a diverse, balanced, representative group here. You could not have movies more different than Top Gun and Tar in the running, uh, but in the end, we'll come to something that was really a consensus that the majority of Academy voters like and agree on. I was thinking, by the way, just to point out the contrast to movies nominated now, you've got Women Talking, which is a movie about women talking, and then you've got All Quiet on the Western Front about trench warfare in World War I, an intimate look at each. <laughs> wow. Those are apples and bananas. Uh, what are the two blockbusters in your estimation? What are the two blockbusters? I would say maybe Avatar and Elvis are good blockbusters. Um, my prediction for the best might be everything, everywhere, all at once, because it's basically one at all the other shows. So something that's big, bold, funny, got something for everybody. That's the kind of movie I imagine gets a lot of first choice and backup choices, too. So we'll just have to see. But I like the way that exactly as you said, ranked choice voting really balances the two things we want, which are diversity and choice, but at the end of the day, a consensus winner that people can agree and get on board with. The problem is, does it, does it also find the, especially when you're talking about art here, not politicians that we can all live with, but this is art we're talking about, is it going to make the winner the most vanilla of them all, the most bland? For instance, um, I asked my son, who's the cinephile at my house, and he thinks everything everywhere all at once is almost certainly going to win Best Picture. But that is a movie that is not for everybody. I mean, a lot of people looked at that and <laughs> did not like it, didn't get it, don't want it, right? The movie, so I, I wonder, while I understand that Everything Everywhere All at Once may well win, if I were trying to interpret the Oscars through ranked choice voting, I would say it would probably, why isn't Top Gun the hands-on favorite? Everybody liked Tom Cruise and Top Gun, Maverick, uh, but that's not going to win. So how do we reconcile those things, Rachel? Yeah, so Ranked Choice Voting does a really great job at balancing these interests because a movie or a candidate, if we're talking politics, really needs a lot of first-choice, strong support in order to sort of stay in the running. But yeah. that's simply not enough. If nobody has 50% of votes on the first ballot, then we have to get into who has deep support, who has second and third-choice votes. So some movie that just has like a really strong niche set of supporters, but that's it, isn't likely to do well. It's got to be one that speaks both to a strong set of supporters, but but also broadly to the masses while the Academy voters as well. So Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking, I enjoyed both of those movies, but I would say those probably don't have broad-based support. And maybe the Academy voters didn't love Top Gun or for whatever reason just don't want to make Maverick the best picture of the year. So it's, it's not their second or third. Maybe it's down. The movie I liked the least this year was The Fablemans. 
but people like Steven Spielberg. Um, my 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 hope for the Oscars would be um, All Quiet on the Western Front or Banshees of Inishirin. Did you see most of these movies or any of these movies, Rachel? Yeah, I've seen quite a few, and I agree with you. The Banshees of Inishirin is my favorite too. The uh, you know I went back though and looked at what happened in 2022. So Coda won. Coda won. Uh, that's the um, a child of deaf adults. Coda is the story of a young girl who wants to pursue a musical career. She's living in a fishing village with her deaf family. Boy, when you went back and looked at the nominees like I did, or if you do, you go, ah, these are, these are movies worth watching again. But remember, the movie was mostly signed. Um, the characters really did not hear, and you had to read the movie to watch the movie. So Coda won last year. It beat Belfast, Don't Look Up, a movie that I hated and then came to really like, uh, Drive My Car, a foreign language film, Dune, King Richard, you got your Will Smith in there, y'all, Licorice Pizza, about the young man growing up, falling in love, 1973. Go watch Licorice Pizza just for the Bradley Cooper scenes. Oh, my God. Uh, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, which was kind of a bizarre movie. People left Power of the Dog last year, last year, angry, angry. <laughs> and then A West Side Story, which was a beautiful movie. Uh, I guess Coda would have been a movie that everybody could live with. Right, Rachel? Had broad support. Yeah. So what happens with these movies, like you said, that maybe uh, worse the big blockbuster hit, I think Ranked Choice Booting really gets a second benefit from because the Academy voters have to think not only, you know, what is my one or two favorite, but what might be my third favorite or fourth favorite. So this really gives, you know, a different diversity of movies, a different look from the voters, just like it does in real life elections as well. I really liked Licorice Pizza last year. I really liked Power of the Dog. Maybe just to be fancy, I would have voted for Power of the Dog. But everybody liked Coda. So it seems like it got it right that way. That was very broad-based in its appeal. Um, well, we'll see how the uh, ranked choice voting plays out uh, this weekend. But just a nice take on how, yeah, it can work. It can distill best the will of the people. And that's what Fair Vote tries to do. Okay, just thought we'd push that button. Hey, Rachel, nice to talk to you again. Let's, uh, let's keep talking. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so much, John. Great to talk.